0: all right guys this is where spencer and i usually do the michigan panic meter we assess what is ohio state's panic We should call it the
1: college football the college football panic meter
0: i i uh yeah, <laughs> after this that last point, segment there's a lot of different panics we can get to but this week because neither of our panic has changed we're gonna keep it where they are and we're going to go to what I think is a a, a big nuts moment from Oregon head coach Dan Lanning. Um, he is quoted as saying he thinks that the Big Ten will need to adjust to Oregon more than Oregon will need to adjust to the Big Ten. And uh, he also took a shot at the ACC and the Big Ten by keeping them out of the elite conversation. Um, I really like Dan Lanning. I think he's a hell of a coach. I think he's young, charismatic. I think he seems to be... A, I mean, just a guy who can kind of handle what the job has become, equal parts, yeah, fundraising, putting them on the t- – you know, like getting people riled up and also doing the actual football work. So I love the guy. I love that he's saying this. I think he is out of his ever-loving mind. Like to, to assume that there isn't going to be some sort of a – transitional moment for Oregon, Washington, UCLA, and and USC is is funny. I think Oregon is best positioned to step right in and have real success in the Big Ten. But like to say, I think the Big Ten has to adjust to us. Okay, buddy. That's the kind of thing that you're going to hear a lot if you go – uh, nine and four this year as opposed to you being on the, you know, the fringes of the playoffs or in the playoffs this year.
1: What's funny about it is if that were true, then wouldn't the big 10 be the conference that was folding and it'd be like Ohio state and Michigan and these other programs joining the PAC 12, which is notorious for not having playing any sort of defense whatsoever. That That's to me. Like that's the biggest adjustment is these teams are so used to in the PAC 12, just offense, 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 there's been some here there that have had good defenses. I think Oregon's defense last year was pretty good. Washington's defense was obviously very good last year. So, yeah, like there's there's some examples. But that's always the running joke is in the Big 12 and the Pac-12, there's not a ton of great defense played uh, out there. And now they're coming to a conference that I would say almost like the staple of the, the Big Ten is this like hard nose, you know, Midwest. We play in cold and bad weather a lot of times defenses that are out there which is why ohio state almost fits fits the billing more of like what an oregon team has been in recent years because they've been all about the offense and their defense is kind of taking a step back now next year with all the guys coming back we think the defense is going to be superb but that's what i think is interesting about it like on some level yes there's probably some philosophical offensive things that oregon does that teams are going to struggle with but i can't wait to see Dan Lanning when he comes out of a dogfight of a game against Iowa and they have to eke out like a 24 to uh, – I'm giving I'm giving Iowa too much credit if I'm going to let him score 16 points. Six. Like, a, <laughs> like a 21-10 win over Iowa. And he's like, yeah, you know, that Iowa defense is just real tough. Like, yeah, that's the Big Ten. You got to get yourself a defense now. Well, I just I there's a part of me, listen, I don't
0: assume that any one of those four teams from the Pac-12 are, are going to struggle. I I I do think UCLA's in a rough spot especially if Chip Kelly goes back to the NFL. I think Washington's in an interesting spot because you changed over head coaches at maybe the worst possible spot yeah, with they're Washington. They're going to take a step back, in. I think for sure. But like USC, I don't know. I mean, it's a really important year for USC and they've got a lot of talent. They just haven't had results. With Oregon, like, I, there's a part of me that's like, you know, like, oh, I think Ohio State's going to be fine either way. because oh, I think I'm Ohio State, Ohio, No, I'm not worried about Ohio State at all. I think Michigan is such a perfect Big Ten build with how they can push teams around in the trenches. I think Michigan's, Michigan's going to be fine. I think once you get to the Penn States, I think once you get to the uh, Wisconsin's, I think once you get to that next tier of schools, I think that's where it's fascinating because – I like to me, you either need to be on par with the athletes and the, the skill level that in the quarterback play that Oregon and USC yeah. and Washington have had, or you need to be the ultimate Big Ten team. And there are a lot of teams trying to go the Big Ten path. Rutgers, obviously, with Greg Shiano. Well, I think resource
1: wise, um, a lot of these teams have to. Not yeah. all these teams can afford the talent that. Oregon and Ohio state are bringing in. So they're like, we're going to do it. Michigan's way,
0: but like, that's like the, the, the rat race in, in, the big 10 for the longest time, even up until the end of the Jim Trestle era was who can build the most archetype of the, the best archetype of the best big 10 team beefy in the trenches, steady, not spectacular quarterback play ground <laughs> and pound first to 17 wins. And There's a lot of programs in the Big Ten still trying to follow that. And I think those are the the schools that are in for a rude awakening. Teams that aren't trying to to build their own mold, instead it's like, all right, Iowa, I got to beat Michigan. I got to get bigger, more physical, that kind of stuff. Um, I don't know about Nebraska because they finally went and actually got a real quarterback, but Rutgers is another name. Like I think Illinois with Bielema. They've been building these programs this one way, And now I think there's going to be a bit of culture shock. I think there could be reverse culture shock. Like, I don't think it's going to be the prettiest thing for all four teams, but like, you know, I just think it's really fascinating. I don't assume anything's going to happen, but I think it's going to be a really fun college football season, specifically in the big 10, because I think it is going to be more competitive. And I think the first three or four years those schools are in, I think you're just going to kind of see some blending of those two styles, where it's just not going to be as simple as, Hey, if I build the third best iteration of what a Big Ten team has looked like the last 50 years, I'm then going to be the third best team in the Big Ten. And I think it'll be fascinating to see how the Big Ten reacts to that and how programs react to that. And and inevitably, which style ends up – five years from now, ten years from now, whether Big Ten football ends up looking more like the SEC – or whether it continues to mimic, yeah, this this Big Ten trend that
1: it's been. Well, on. let's be honest. If if Oregon joining the Big Ten allow or forces Iowa to actually put together a competent offense, then we all win, right? All of us win from that because nobody enjoyed watching Iowa football games, even if it was just for your team. If you were just tuning in to watch your team play Iowa, like Michigan fans had to watch Iowa in the Big Ten championship game a couple years in a row now. Nobody enjoyed those games. They were, There's they were a couple
0: terrible. masochists who enjoyed it. There, there are a couple people who enjoyed it, but they, they're like in leather and they have, you know, collars that say daddy. Dagging. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, some of them are called mistress. Like you just realize there are people who enjoy it. Just not most. People. They're watching
1: that game on their knees while saying, yes, ma'am. I'd like another. <laughs>
0: I probably should stop because I will keep going and that probably isn't good for the state of this podcast. But from Dan Lanning comments to an outgoing Big Ten uh, coaches comments, Jim Harbaugh, Uh, Was introduced to the LA media yesterday in what was, (laughs) I think he's going to be the greatest gift to to the NFL media because that dude cannot say, cannot stop himself from saying things that are billboard material.
1: Well, yeah, like even listening to the press conference yesterday, like he would start the answer to a question and just go off on this tangent that had nothing to do with what he was talking about. And then somebody asked him if he was an LA guy and he went on a tangent about how he's trying to take his RV to an RV park. And before they like really start diving into like the draft and all this stuff and everything, he's trying to spend like a week down in an RV park and just get himself, you know, one with nature basically for a week before he like really dives into things. I was like, dude, this guy is the gift that keeps on giving. But to your point, uh, he was asked a question about just the state of Michigan as he leaves it behind, and this was his response.
2: Rona is the right man for the job, nobody else. That's the guy, and they got it right, and, uh, and things are, see, they're, we're top rated team right now, top five team. I, th- I still think it it is one, you know, the Chargers and the Michigan Wolverines, like one team. So, in, in, a, in a great place, in a great place. That, the, Much like when players, you know, leave the university to go on to the, uh, to the pros, you know, there's a, there's a passing of the baton that takes place, uh, and you see JJ Lee, but then I see, uh, Jaden Denegal, uh, Alex Orgy. I mean, next day they're, they're on that, that field. They're throwing with, with receivers, uh, and there's an excitement there. I've been involved in that as a player when, when the quarterback ahead of me left or graduated. And it's the same for, for coaches. I mean, I've been talking to Sharon. He's on, I mean, the guy is on, on fire right now. He's working, recruiting and coaches like Jesse Minter. I mean, he's a, He's a tremendous coach. We're going through a process right now. Ben Herbert. I can't confirm that he's going to be going to be a Charger. And uh, I love the the passing of the baton was there to Justin Tress. Jay Tress hugged it out and right there in the right there in the blue M, right in the middle of the uh, of the weight room. So uh, in great hands. And um, yeah, always going to always going to be a loyal Wolverine. Shirona.
0: I gotta say, if I was in LA, I would be playing excerpts of his answers and I would find some <laughs> way to like, um, uh, like basically just some like Jeopardy music. I, there'd be, I would find some music to put with it. <laughs> Start playing them like out like at the Oscars. No, just like, go just too a, long. like, it's just a storybook. That's what it is. The man is just creating his own mythology as he goes. I think it should be fun. Here's I- my one, here's my one point on the Sharon Moore thing. Um, I have no doubt. Di- I actually, I'm hopeful that Sharon can keep Michigan at this level. Cause I think it's more interesting for Ohio state. Um, there's, there's like one game a year right now. That's interesting. And it's a Michigan game. Yeah. And so I don't want Michigan going back to just being another Indiana, right. Where it's just, all right, how much are they going to beat them by this week? What I would say is I think Michigan's obsession with money and, and paying coaches is pretty embarrassing you know, they docked Jim Harbaugh three years ago. I I I have not gotten over that. I'm not even Jim Harbaugh. But paying Sharon Moore five and a half million dollars a year when there were coaches in college football when you were going to pay Jim Harbaugh eleven million dollars a year to stay or somewhere in that range, I actually think it's disrespectful. I think it, I think there's number there's one thing in college football that shows the respect you have or the buy-in you have on your coach. And that one thing is how much do you pay him? $5.5 million a year for Sharon Moore shows you that they're treating him like a first-time coach. That shows you that all well, of this, he's the right guy handing off the baton. No, they're using this as an opportunity to save money. And I don't think that's the kind of thing that instills confidence in college football. I think it was pretty laughable, considering that Sharone Moore was the guy that went three and zero down the stretch and stabilized your program and helped you that, that helped you make sure it didn't fall apart.
1: Well, let's be honest here too. It's it's almost a, we've talked about it. It's different when you're the guy. So Sharone Moore still has a lot to prove in that regard. And so, like, yeah, the money's what the money is. And I get what you're saying. I, I also think though too, like. Were they really going to pour a bunch of money into a guy who hasn't proven quite that much yet, and that in a year from now they could be actually firing if things really go to shit? Like in 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 in, in one year, I don't think it will. But it, you know, like they they know that they need like an easy out if he's not the guy. I think right now, Sharon Moore was the path of least resistance because you were trying to kind of keep the program together you played so late in the season that a lot of these sort of coaching searches that already sorted themselves out, you weren't going to necessarily get like one of the top notch guys or whatever. So I don't know. I, I I think it's, it's kind of just the situation that they're in right now. And if we're talking about Jerome Moore maybe not being long for that job, I get why they did it that way. I just want to know, can Jim Harbaugh leave? Like, can he really say he dropped a bomb at the end of that? Like I will always be a loyal Wolverine. Can you say that as you're, as you're walking out the door? Like, I feel like you got to give it some room to breathe here before you start going back to the, well, I'm a loyal Wolverine through and through like, dude, you just stabbed them all in the back, not stabbed them in the back. It's not fair, but you just like walked out on them. And then it's like, you're, oh yeah, I'm still loyal to my wife. I love, I, I still love her. She's still the love of my life. But, uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm with this. Did, I'm did, with this person now.
0: Did you leave your wife with a national championship ring? that's that's where you left
1: her with an engagement ring and a wedding ring
0: yeah i'm gonna leave you with uh with a 10 million dollar house 500 million dollars so a
1: a wedding ring is enough is enough of a is enough of uh is enough to prove your loyalty
0: i'm just saying like
1: i'll try to um, tell that to my wife and see how she takes it when
0: you win the first national championship in 25 years i think you get to say i'm a loyal wolverine i i listen i think jim was loyal (laughs) i think you're just being a dick and i thought i'd like it no, I enjoy, no, no. you know, I love pettiness. I'm not, but I, I think you're just, this twisting isn't even me being petty.
1: Bit. I'm just thinking from the perspective of a Michigan fan. Is that really what you want to hear right now? Yes, like, yes, I'll always be go, a loyal Wolverine as you're walking out the door. Don't condone like, the Michigan save,
0: panic. Don't condone the that. Michigan panic about losing four
1: assistants. <laughs> like, save stop, that, that for, save that for like beginning of the season where Michigan, you know, somebody asks you a random off the cuff question about like, oh, did you watch the Michigan game this week? weekend? He's like, Uh, You know, I'm a loyal Wolverine. I had him on in my office on Saturday as I was getting ready for for week one. That's when you say that. You don't say it a week after you decided, yeah, I'm out of here. See ya. And Michigan fans are left in a panic because they they lost Jim Arbaugh.
0: I think you say it when you drop the mic by winning a national championship, (laughs) probably leaving with a first-round quarterback and and have the program at its highest level since the, the last like three or four years of Lloyd Carr. So I, I love what you're doing. I love the pettiness, but I think you're just being a petty Ohio state fan. All right, guys, uh, make sure to follow the show, Apple, Spotify, 92, three, the the free Odyssey app, wherever you get your podcast, make sure to give us a, a subscription on the 92 through the fan YouTube channel. And make sure to leave your comments both on our uh, social handles and on the 92 Through the Fan YouTube channel. That does it for today. We'll be back next week. Follow Sons of the Shoe. Go Bucks.